Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Millions of Americans finance the home of their dreams with their help. They can help you to Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. Sunday, the NFL on CBS features a key AFC South showdown between Deshaun Watson and the Texans taking on the Titans in Smashville. While others will see Kansas City hosting Denver plus regional action, it's all beginning with JB and the guys setting up the day on the NFL today at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific on CBS. The Player of the Week is brought to you by Granger. Let's take a look at the one who got it done this week. It's Lakers forward Anthony Davis, AD, averaged 35, 8, two and a half dimes, two blocks as the Lakers went a perfect 4-0. AD, the Player of the Week, brought to you by Granger. Granger's got your back. When it comes to the safety and industrial supplies to keep your facility running, get what you need when you need it at Granger.com. Our toll-free line is brought to you by GEICO, 855-212-4227. Here's what you can do. You can save a bunch of money if you switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Our buddy Aaron Torres, Fox Sports, and the Aaron Torres podcast joins us from Lipstick City. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. Happy New Year. What up, Aaron? Scotty, I, I seem to remember last uh, last December, I think you took the whole month off. What are you even doing, man? Yeah, I literally, uh, I have five shows left, and I'm going to take the rest of the year off. Literally, uh, whatever it is, uh, I think I have till I have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week, and then Monday, Tuesday, and then I'm done for the year, and then everyone hates me that I do it. I get grief from uh, fans, and I get grief from suits, but I never liked them anyway, so what's the difference? <laughs> Yeah, I read an article you uh, you know you were interviewed in one time. You didn't have the nicest thing to say about those suits. But uh, listen, I'm happy you're here. I'm happy to chat with you, uh, and I hope all is well, and I hope you enjoy these last few shows of 2019. Thanks, brother. What did you think of um, Texas Tech's performance tonight and uh, the, you know beating Louisville and then Maryland lost tonight, and, and are you watching the Hoosiers, my hurry in Hoosiers against UConn? Well, I'm watching my UConn Huskies class of 2007, um, and yeah, listen, I I, um, I think it was kind of a wild night in college hoops. I am personally of the belief, listen, Texas Tech needed this win um, because obviously, look, they lost three straight. But I'll also say that um, you know I'll also say that that Louisville. I I think even though they were number one in the country, even though they were number one in the country coming into this game. I think they have real issues, Scotty. I'm sure you had on the um, the game in uh, against Michigan State on in the studio, and right. that was a game that even though they were excuse me Michigan, even though they yeah. won, it was sloppy, and they basically had one player, their star Jordan Jordan Wara, played well in that game. And so I only bring it up because 
I think against the two best teams they've played all year, I don't think they look very good in either. I think they have real problems at the guard spot. Louisville fans don't want to hear it. But even though they were number one coming into today, I think they got some big questions going into ACC play. Yeah, I I think they're a good team, and I'm not uh, denying that. I think that – well, let me just say this, that I believe that the worst thing in the world now in sports is weekly – college uh, (laughs) basketball and football rankings and power rankings are even worse than that. There is nothing worse. It's the kiss of death being a number one, but I I just don't think it matters ever at the beginning of the season, middle of the season, even the last quarter of the season. All that matters is, you know, Aaron, get in the tournament and win in advance. And if you win it all, you're number one. Every other poll means absolutely Jack Shack. No, 100%. And, you know, Scotty, this has been one of my arguments for many years, and I'll even take it a step further. Um, Not only do I not particularly like preseason's poll specifically, we're, you know, 100 years into the poll era, and we still haven't figured out what we're supposed to be doing with these polls. Is it the team that we think is the best right now? Is it the team with the best resume? Is it the team that we think will be the best when whatever playoff in college football or college basketball comes about. And so that's kind of my issue. You know, listen, I do a weekly top 25 because everybody wants to see it, and people get mad at me because I actually am one of those guys that overreacts and says, like, okay, uh, you know, I'm going to base my rankings based on what I've seen and not my preseason expectations. Right. Yeah, this week I had Ohio State number one, and people said, well, Louisville just beat Michigan. I said, well, Ohio State's beating Villanova and UNC by 25 apiece. So that's my bigger issue. Sorry, Scott, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I like them. In fact, if I were to say right now the two best teams I've seen play are Duke and Ohio State. Yeah, it's it's actually funny. I was having this conversation before uh, you and I got on the air. I think those are the two best teams that I've seen as well. I would throw Kansas in. I know that Kansas uh, lost to Duke on opening night. They've kind of juggled around their lineup. I think they have a lot better feel for who they are and how they want to play. But I'm with you. Ohio State's really good. I'm actually going to see them in Vegas here in a few weeks. You're welcome to hop on a flight and come hang out. Uh, They play Kentucky in Vegas on the 21st, so two Saturdays from now. Excited to see them in person. I'm with you. Those two, and I would include Kansas right now, even with that loss to Duke, I really like what I've That's I a great invitation. I uh, Except one of the problems I have is uh, I go to Vegas 15 times a year. So uh, <laughs> every time I go to Vegas, uh, more and more I get sick of it. I, I love Vegas, but I just can't go. I mean, I literally go 15 times a year, and I'm just constantly – in the, in Vegas, I'm in some casino with people screaming in my face and blowing hits in my face, and I, I want to punch someone in the mouth. I'd rather be playing basketball, as you know. So let me ask you this question. Aaron Torres with us. Uh, Michigan State and North Carolina, I have watched them both, and you talk about overrated. I mean, the thing that I'm noticing is I never saw North Carolina lose a game like that at the Dean Dome in 20 years. And I also think, uh, you know, the home cooking that they get at the Breslin Center with Izzo is ridiculous. But to see them lose at home also shows me that something's desperately wrong with that team. They are they are clearly not one of the best teams in the country, even though everyone thinks they are. I think that the Big Ten season will make them look better, but I'm not sure I'm buying that they're this great team. They, they look crappy to me. So does North Carolina. Yeah, real quick on Carolina, I'll just make this quick. I actually picked Cole Anthony as preseason national player of the year because I thought there was a lot of, uh, you know, Trey Young at Oklahoma going on. Even though the jersey says Carolina, 
they lost a ton off three first round picks plus Luke May, who was one of the better players, believe it or not, in program history. And that's very much come true. I mean, you watch that team and there's frankly, and I hate to be rude, just some guys that probably aren't good enough to wear a Carolina jersey or play the roles that they are. They're being forced into action. As for Michigan State, I think some of it is fixable. The big thing that I noticed with them, Scotty, Cassius Winston, I still like a lot. Uh, He's the point guard All-American, and they get a lot of buckets at the rim. They have no mid-range game. They have no deep three-point shooting game. I think it was four for 25 they were against Kentucky to open the season and four for 16 maybe against uh, uh, Duke the other night. And so they got to figure out guys to, to hit from three because right now every basket is coming at the rim. And in college basketball, NBA basketball period in 2019, whether you're playing Scotty Farrell's pickup games or not, you can't be trading twos down every single possession, eventually not being able to make a three catches up with you. Have you ever seen a uh, Aaron Torres Fox Sports and the Aaron Torres podcast with us again on the bench? Have you ever seen a game? Uh, literally, I haven't. In my, I've been playing for 45, 48 years. Do you, have you ever seen a game where one team had 11 free throws and the other team had none? Uh, I haven't. What game was that? That was my game last week, and I'm still mad oh, okay. about it. Mafia, Mafia knows that I haven't slept, and not only that, I got Rhea, <laughs> I got Rhea five times over thinking about it. I immediately get irritable bowel when I think of a ref that gives one team 11 free throws and the other team none, and 15 fouls to four. They're both fascist communists. And have you ever seen a game where one team never shot a free throw, even in fifth grade basketball? I haven't, and actually that makes me feel a little bit better only because I thought there was a major college basketball game that I missed where one team took zero foul shots, and I was like, what kind of fan-slash-analyst am I? As for those refs, they were clearly on the take. We needed an investigation. Uh, I don't know whether we call the FBI. that you know They were big into college hoops a few years ago, the NYPD, you know the DEA, but we got to get somebody on those refs, man. You can't let them get away with that kind of nonsense. All right, here's the deal. Um, I want to ask you a couple more college basketball questions, and then we're going to break. Then we're going to come back, and we're going to do all of the bowl games. So sure. you're doing a double shot, whether you like it or not. Here's the deal. That's my Christmas present from you. You're doing a double shot. So here's the deal. Is San Diego State good because you're out there, and how good is Butler because they keep covering for me? Yeah, so I'll tell you this, Scott, and I've tweeted it out, and I know you follow me on Twitter. Um, you know, you know, I love college hoops, and, and I know so many people in this sport uh, and I'm always picking the brains of assistant coaches, head coaches, whoever will pick up my phone phone calls, basically. I've had two assistant coaches, independent of each other, do not know each other, that have both played San Diego State that told me they have Final Four-type talent and are legitimately a top 15 team. If you've seen them, they're so big down low. Um, and so, you know, they, they, they're just re- a really good team. Um, you know, they, they struggled the other day just because I think they were a little flat after a hot start to the season. As for Butler, uh, they lost tonight at Baylor, but it, was, it came literally down to the last shot of the game. They're more impressive than I thought. They were one of the teams in the Big East that I really kind of thought was going to struggle, and I completely whiffed on that one. Credit to them. They beat Florida. They're looking really good so far. And are you buying uh, – I had that five-and-a-half – uh, with with Butler tonight, hopefully they covered Auburn. Are you buying Pearl's team again? You know it's crazy. So a little preview of my my podcast tomorrow. I've had uh, Andy Ke- uh, Andy Kennedy from SEC Network, former Ole Miss coach, on tomorrow, and we talked a lot about Auburn. What's crazy about them? And I'm kind of copping out of the question. They have coming off a of Final Four 
completely changed their style of play. They were all guards and three-point shooting last year. Now they got a bunch of big guys. I'm amazed at how they've looked. Um, you know, I just want to see them more against better competition because as good of a coach as Bruce Pearl is, to completely change your style of play overnight uh, has been borderline incredible to me to watch. So I just need to see more of them. But, man, dude, they are just beating the you-know-what out of some pretty decent teams, and I'm starting to think they're for real. All right, so uh, Aaron Torres is uh, rooting for UConn. They're down five with under 15 left at the Garden, the world's most famous in the uh, Jimmy V, I believe it's the Jimmy V Classic. So anyway, uh, let's break. We'll come back and talk about uh, the best bowl games, all of the best bowl games, not the crappy ones. We'll talk about all the best ones with Aaron Torres from Fox Sports and the Aaron Torres Podcast. This is Pharrell and Avenger, thus is CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Pharrell on the Bench. I'm watching this guy, uh, Danny Hurley, who's been on the show a few times. He's insane. I mean, he's just completely insane. Like, the guy, I, you think he's going to take his clothes off, like, in the middle of the court. Like, he's just running up. He's a hyena. Watching him coach is so funny. The guy goes ballistic on the court. Like, he's, I'm, it's like, I haven't seen anything like that in a long time. Like, it's not like Bob Knight crazy where he was mean and nasty and scary. This guy looks like he's just done an eight ball and is just absolutely at a nightclub bouncing off the walls. I mean, he is doing backflips coaching. It's like the most unbelievable thing. Aaron Torres is with us from Fox Sports and the Aaron Torres podcast. And now we thought we'd talk college football with him. He does both uh, college rack and college football. So when you saw the uh, final four, uh, you know, in Oklahoma got it, uh, and now they're facing LSU and they're, what, 12, 13-point dogs. And then Clemson's favored by two or whatever, Ohio State. What did you think? Um, you know, nothing, like, immediately jumped out. Um, that line feels like a lot for Oklahoma. But if you've watched them this year, and I know you have, Scotty, but for anybody who hasn't, like, this is not the vintage Oklahoma, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, up and down the field, every single possession scoring touchdowns offense. Look, we all know they were down 28-3 to to Baylor. Uh, they gave up 20 unanswered against Iowa State and had to hold on in that game. The Big 12 championship game was low scoring. So I was a little surprised when I saw the number jump up quickly. But I'll tell you, like, I don't think this is a vintage Oklahoma team. I think they'll be able to score some on LSU. I don't think this is the 45-42 the shootout that everybody thinks it is. Ohio State, Clemson, you know, I'll say this for Clemson real quick. They're playing as well as anybody on both sides of the ball. I know the competition's terrible. It goes without saying. You don't need me to tell you. But I, I, I just sit there and I say, man, dude, they've been so locked in really since that near loss to North Carolina. Uh, I haven't thought enough to say definitively that I love Clemson there, but I see why people like them. Yeah, you know, I think Ohio State is a really good team. The way they came back on Wisconsin was very impressive. I never thought, believe it or not, that they were out of that game when they were down when they were down big early. But I'll say this. I think that um really at the end of the day, the Big 10 is a bunch of posers and they were you know what I mean? They were just beating up on on bunk ass teams that they could none of those teams could beat 
uh, frankly, LSU, Oklahoma, or Clemson, they'd all get their ass beat. So I think Ohio State's really good on both sides of the ball. They are good, but they have been beating up on patsies, if you ask me. And, and you know, all right, I'll give you Penn State is okay and, and Wisconsin's okay, but they're not great. I don't want to hear it. And you know it. And then now they're going to – now they're really going to play a team. And, and what will we see from them, that this great vaunted team that's been number one for a while and everyone thinks it's so great? Are they really that good? Well, and I'll, I'll add this too, Scott. It's something that nobody's really talked about, and maybe I'm overreacting. I thought it was kind of weird. Ryan Day, uh, first of all, to go back to the SEC championship game, after the game, uh, they ask Ed Orgeron on the field, should you be number one, make your case. And he's like, honestly, man, whoever they tell us to play, we'll play. And that, to me, was a guy that's like, dude, we played Florida, we played uh, Georgia, we played Bama, just line them up. Like, we, we took care of everybody on the schedule. And then Ryan Day, both on the field, uh, claimed it. And then in the press conference, after, after the field was announced, actually said, yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed in the committee I thought we had done to, to earn the number one seed. And so, listen, I, I know this isn't the traditional way that we talk about bowl games, but so much of these bowl games with a month off is preparation, and maybe that's a chip on its shoulder for Ohio State, but maybe it's them coming in thinking that they got screwed. And so I just – it was minor. Maybe it meant nothing. I just didn't like that attitude from Ryan Day. And then, as you said, like, I'm not sold on some of the competition that they've played either – Although the last three weeks against ranked teams, they have looked good. Uh, so, uh, by the way, UConn just tied the game with a flush dunk. It was great. Uh, Michigan, Alabama, uh, in uh, Orlando, in this camping stadium, uh, whatever, a bowl game, Citrus Bowl. So, let me ask you, uh, you would think, like, because I think Carver High said to me that Alabama just doesn't care now that they've not, you're not in the playoff, that they lost to Auburn, they just don't care. I still think they'll beat Michigan's ass. Yeah, well, listen, to me, that is the, um, you know, to me it's the most intriguing game because I, I just think it's so hard to pinpoint what to expect. Um, you know, uh, you look at the game, first of all, Bama, like it's been talked about, but are they psyched? Are they ready to play? How many guys are going to sit out after playing bowl games This or after playing in playoffs? You know, what does this mean to them? And then Michigan, it's what you just said, Scotty athletically we've seen them against these elite upper echelon teams, Ohio state, uh, Florida in the, the peach bowl last year. And it's just, it's not pretty. And so I'm just fascinated because I think it's a motivation thing. And then I also just think it's a skill set thing. I, this is one, like if I'm a gambler and you, if you want to throw down a couple bucks, just to have a little action, that's fine. But it, I don't know how anyone can sit there and say definitively that they have a good feel for how this one's going. Yeah, I do. Uh, Minnesota and Auburn, okay? uh, Minnesota, Minnesota and Auburn. Uh, now Minnesota, are they posers or not? Because if Auburn can beat Alabama, I think they're going to beat Minnesota's ass. Well, you know, the only thing I would say about Auburn is the quarterback play was bad all year. Now that can go one of two ways. You have an extra month to practice, you could look really good. Or if it continues, Minnesota's the wrong team to to have bad quarterback play against or to fall down against because the simple fact is they run the clock, they're great with time of possession, all that kind of stuff. And so um, 
you know, that's the thing that stands out to me. I feel a little bit better about Minnesota, not because I think they're the better team, but the quarterback play with Auburn concerns me. And also, like, dude, I know people like to pick apart P.J. Fleck, but that dude has his team ready to go for big games. This is the biggest game, frankly, that any of these kids have ever played in, at least in the postseason. I think they'll be fired up. I wouldn't be surprised if they did pull off the upset in this one. Assuming it's an upset, I haven't seen the line yet on that. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. I, I just they're not. They're, no, Ten, they're bro. well. No, I. I. You know, I went to the Big Ten, so I don't hate it. I just think that they're not as good as Auburn. That's all there is to it. Uh, Auburn sure. just beat Alabama. Okay, uh, and Oregon, Wisconsin. Do you think that Justin Herbert can beat the Badgers in the Rose Bowl? I, I think that he's got a shot to be able to beat them. Well, I think if. The Oregon offensive line and run game shows up the way that they did against Utah because, listen, Wisconsin's phenomenal in the front seven, but one, they can be exposed by speed as we saw against Ohio State, and two, uh, as good as they are in the front seven, they are no better than Utah, and and, um, Auburn, or excuse me, Oregon absolutely abused Utah. I would also say they actually held up very well against uh, Auburn to open the season as well, even though they didn't win that game. They were leading up until there was nine seconds left in the game, Um, and so I only bring that up because uh, I actually do like Oregon in that game, and not just because I'm, I'm taking the Scott Farrell bet against the Big Ten uh, mantra here. Uh, I just think that stylistically they match up well. Uh, and I do think, you know, listen, everyone says these bowl games don't matter to, to these kids if it's not the playoff. I think going to the Rose Bowl means something for Oregon. I think they'll be fired up in that one. So what about um, Aaron Torres with his Georgia Baylor could be a hell of a game. Now, a lot of people are scared to death of, of Georgia and – I'm starting to think that they're not as good as everybody thinks they are, to be honest with you. And and Baylor's a very tough football team. They gave Oklahoma fits twice. They lost to them by three both times. But they can, I mean, they can go toe-to-toe with anybody. The problem I have is they're playing that game in, uh, oh, it's in the, it's, you know, down in the Superdome. So, I mean, all those Georgia fans are going to, you know, drive an hour down there, and that'll be that. They're going to own that building, you would think. Well, remember, Scott, if Georgia wins, it's because they're the better team. And if they lose, it's because how could they possibly be motivated uh, so close to the college football playoff? Or at least that was the excuse last year when they lost to Texas. Uh, I'm with you. I I think for Baylor, it is about motivation. They are fired up to be there. I know they were, you know, a game away from the college football playoff, but this has been a dream season. They were 1-11 two years ago. To go from that to the Sugar Bowl, I still think means something for that team, that program, those players. George, on the other hand, second year in a row – uh, in the Sugar Bowl, second year in a row, they were on the outside looking in the college football playoff, came up short in the SEC championship game. I really, and by the way, and here's the other thing, DeAndre Swift might not play in that game because he's pretty banged up coming out of the regular season. So I've always thought Georgia was overvalued all season. The defense is great, but the offense is terrible. Um, and, I, I, you know, I, I'm just saying I would lean Baylor because I just think they have a lot more to play for. I'm curious about the quarterback situation, though, coming out of the Big 12 championship. All right, Aaron, listen, have a great Christmas and New Year. Always great having you on the bench. Killer stuff tonight. We did a massive double dip with college rack and football. Fantastic. My man, thanks so much. No problem, Scotty. Happy New Year. Happy holiday to you and your staff and your family. Thank you. My man, Aaron Torres, Fox Sports and Aaron Torres podcast, a regular on the bench. You're listening to Pharrell on the bench. Who loves you, baby? How'd you like the 78% winners in the conference championship games? Uh, 78% of my bets hit. How about 72% in pro football this past weekend? You like those kind of apples? They're tasty, aren't they? How about the 80% hits in uh, pro hoops on Saturday night? (laughs) 
80%. My God. Pharrellonthebench.com is incredible. I'm freaking Santa Claus. I deliver. Best site, amazing price, sick returns. Pharrellonthebench.com. Sign up today. Hide the money from your wife. I don't know. Carver, have you seen the stories at all about this chick? Like, honestly, it's so unbelievable. Like, because I don't even, first of all, I know who she is based on uh, the ESPN trouble she got in. But this uh, Britt McHenry girl, she's uh, now, uh, she's in the news again. She's suing Fox News here in uh, New York. Apparently, uh, somehow she made it up the flagpole to uh, Fox News from, do you remember she got let go at ESPN? And then did she not, I have it right in front of me. She said she was let go. This is her quote, literally. She was let go because she was white and made too much money, end quote. And then... Uh, you know, she had problems there. Do you remember when she, uh, she uh, after ESPN, she was working as like a Fox News commentator in D.C. And then she eventually, I guess, made it up to New York on the Fox News channel, right? So whatever. I, I don't think one thing or another about her. I don't have any real opinion about her work because I, I just don't, I, I just don't know. But all I know is... Uh, she is suing them for uh, sexual harassment now, right? So uh, Fox News said that her, her lawsuit recycles the same allegations she filed with the New York State Division of Human Rights in October, uh, which they filed a response last Friday about, Fox did, and they say that her allegations have been fully investigated and are confident that, uh, that her, our actions, the networks, will be deemed appropriate in litigation in court. And Fox said they expect all of her claims to be dismissed. Uh, she says it's a sanctuary for sexual harassers. And uh, in a new lawsuit she's filed against the network and her former uh, co-host of a show she did with a wrestler named Tyrus. Have you heard of this guy? So anyway, she claims that uh, the only zero tolerance Fox News is demonstrating is for her. The woman who's complained four times about sexual harassment and uh, says the network does nothing. Uh, They always say that they don't allow any sexual harassment. Well, we know that's not true because uh, haven't they had like 50 uh, lawsuits for sexual harassment that they paid out? They literally fired everyone, the news director, the the head of news. They fired everyone in the the building that was doing it, right? They, They literally cleaned house because of sexual harassment. Um, anyway, she claims uh, it's retaliation for a whistleblow against this wrestler, Tyrus, uh, who she says crudely harassed her last year in text messages that included threats of pictures of his kink, 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 and comments about her kink, 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 and her legs. Uh, she also claims uh, she complained to HR and management, but instead of uh, them doing anything to Tyrus, they gave him his own show in the suit. She says Fox never disciplined the guy because uh, he showed investigators photos and texts of her uh, hink, 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 and her hink, hink, hink. The messages uh, made it seem like she and he were flirting, but she claims in the lawsuit the pictures and texts were doctored and it was not even her. Uh, she filed a complaint with the New York State Division of Human Rights. Uh, she says, even after the payouts of over $100 million in recent sex harassment scandals at Fox, it remains a sanctuary for sexual harassers coddling and enabling the men who abuse female employees. 
And uh, it really is unbelievable when you think about this chick, right? Like, am I, am I making this stuff up? Like, wherever she goes, she leaves a trail of blood. Am I wrong? I mean, everywhere she goes. Do you remember? She's the chick that harassed the chick at the parking garage. Do you remember that? Remember when she told the chick, you know, she was fat and ugly and all the rest and get a job. And I remember that one. I'm That's rich. And, I'm rich. At remember, I'm rich and famous. I can say whatever I want. Don't you know who I am? Do you remember this whole thing? That's what got her. That's what they got rid of her because of that, basically, right? They were like, get out of here. You're painful. And then now, I mean, she, wherever she goes, there's just a, a tornado of trouble. I mean, is that, am I, like, am I wrong? I can't even believe, like, wasn't that like a year or two ago? And then now, all of a sudden, here she is again embroiled in another scandal. And you need to go away. Go to the, like, go on a cruise or something and just keep going. <laughs> just keep going. Go to Tokyo or something. <laughs> just keep sailing east. Don't even... Just go. Is that West Mafia? I think it is. Past Hawaii, you just keep going and you hit Japan, I think, eventually. You can go either way. Oh, either way, you can go wraparounds just longer this way. I mean, is there anything worse than someone that just wherever they go, there's lawsuits and filings and 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 blood, just that blood in the streets? Yeah, I mean, before you just brought her name up five minutes ago, I did, forgot she even was around, so... I mean, she's not on, none of those political people are on my radar. Well, you know that I like, you know, these scandalous troublemaker type stories. I don't get involved. I don't even. You don't watch it. I don't even know who's on those channels. I couldn't even tell Listen, you. Listen, if you think, you know, I know you don't watch it, but you know how nuts I am. Do you know that now I watch La Liga games in Spanish? You got to gotta do it. There's nothing wrong with that. There's Because you can't get them in American, in English. No. <laughs> it's American a language. So you cannot watch like um, you cannot watch uh, Italian right or La Liga is that what it is? You cannot watch Italian soccer without uh, watching it in I believe Italian or Spanish. Correct. I watched the Champions League today twice, two games in Spanish. I couldn't even find it in English anywhere. And he tells me it was on TNT. Yes, they they, they got the package started last year. Oh my God, I'm sitting there. It's watching. awful too. Since they, since Turner got it, it's just it sucks. So I'm watching in Spanish, and I could have watched the whole thing in English. Correct. What Liverpool, game did they have on? They had the Liverpool game, and I'm I'm pretty sure the Barcelona. Oh, uh, so I watched the Barcelona game in Spanish, and I had no problem with it. Then I watched the I don't know Valencia game, which is La Liga. I watched them play Valente. Is that right? Maybe I'm not. That's, other than, that's what other I than the three or four best teams, I couldn't tell you who else. But it was a really good game. It was like three two, and it was wild. It was it was two nothing Valente, and then they came back and uh, and scored three in a row in the second half to beat them. And I got to tell you, Carver High, that it actually is helping me. I think I'm actually, and Mafia is concerned, but I think I may be picking up my Spanish again. I, you know, I took five years of it in college. I just wanted to say that I got through the five years of uh, Spanish in college at Indiana by sleeping with my professor because I was getting an F. I smoked a lot of bongs in college. And I just felt that, you know, if I'm going to get an F, there's only one way to get a C-, and that's get, you know, get in bed with the professor. You know what I mean? That, so that's what I did. Are we on the air? Anyway, uh, I just want you to know I learned nothing in college uh, when it came to Spanish, but I have picked it up again recently watching La Liga and the uh, 
really, you know, it, when you watch Barcelona, Real Madrid, or any of these great teams, I got to tell you, Carver High, you know I'm not even making this stuff up, that those games, those teams are so kick-ass, like watching them move the ball and pass the ball and, and like, because I think the Premier League's awesome. It's as good as it gets. But those teams, really, those those Spanish teams and those Italian teams, that La Liga and Bundesliga, that soccer's even on another level, even that. Like, I mean, it's so unbelievable the way Barcelona. And I watched Inter Milan and Barcelona move the ball today. It was like Picasso. I mean, b- watching Barcelona and Real Madrid, I mean, you know, those teams, they have well, their whole entire team is the, the best. best player in the, in the world. I mean, they're just... <laughs> And you got to remember the rest of the leagues that, that that the rest of La Liga after them and maybe Atletico. I mean, it's a hack league. They have no that. chance. They have no chance against those teams. Seville's None. pretty good. Yeah, once in a while, uh, you know. But in terms of a- Atletico, I mean, seven through twenty in that league is just absolutely zero. I right. Mean, they have no chance every year. So I've been watching it, and uh, as you know, I love it. I, I can't. I mean, get it you enough. could say the same thing about the Premier League too. I mean, let's be fair. Now you have your instances like like Leicester once again is having a huge year this year, but for the most part, normally, you know, seven through twenty in the Premier League, they have don't have any chance of winning either. So I watched uh, Valencia and Levante. What did I call it before? I think Avanti. <laughs> I think I was close. Uh, they were really good. Uh, there's all these teams: Valladolid, uh, Granada, uh, Athletic Club, uh, Real Sociedad, Seville. I mean to tell you, like, but watching these guys play is just phenomenal. It really is. Here we go with another bad story. Garrett Cole is expected to sign a. It says here uh, a expected to sign contract before winter meetings end Thursday morning, a record deal. So that's a story now. It's a story that he's going to sign a record deal. That, to me, is not a story. A story is when he signs the deal. But they make that he's going to sign a record deal a story where it's not actually a story. It's a story when you get the story that he signed. Is that not right? I am the, I'm the journalist here. When you announce where he's signing, how much, and when, that's the story. Everything else is absolute BS. Just BS coming, just flowing BS. Nice story, Jeff Passon. Keep telling us when something's going to happen, maybe. Who cares if it's Thursday? I mean, it's not a story until it happens. To me, it's just BS. It really is. Like, every minute they come out with a story that he's going to make a bunch of money. What a, what a revelation. Thank you. They're just dying for anything. Everybody wants to be first with everything. There's a but, billion people but they're not. out there in San Diego right now at these winter meetings. They're all trying to be first. And they can't get it right. Right. That, uh, that's well, the here's, story. Here's one thing that they could all you could all make this guess, and you're going to end up right. Saying that, he, that Cole's going to get more money than Strasburg, that's a pretty good guess. What a revelation. Because guess what? He is, okay? Just what a Anybody of us, you sitting there in your car or us here, anybody could say right now, <laughs> hey, guess what? I got a feeling that Garrett Cole is going to get more money than right. Steven Strasburg. And you want to know what? You're 100% Here's another right. one. Here's another He's one. He's going to. Hey, I, I'll, bet you, uh, I'll bet you Madison Mumgarner gets over $100 million. Yeah, I mean, that's maybe a Any little bit. Any day now. Right, right. Any day <laughs> now it could happen. Come on. The Cole thing is fascinating because this is – I'm very interested here, and obviously I'm a Yankee fan. I'm kind of invested in this. But I'm interested too, but give, I, give me the deal. I, I think that this is very intriguing because the Yankees have pretty much put a blank check in front of his face and said, whatever anybody else offers you, you can go on top of it. We don't care. We want to pay you – we don't care. If, we'll give you $300 million. We don't care about that. This is going to be on him. Does he want to go and live out in California – and, you know, play for the Angels and 
maybe never win and and I'll get the same amount of money and no. live that life or does he want to come to the big stage? <laughs> does he want to come do you think play for the Yankees? I know, but do you think that his arm will fall off in 3 years? No, I think that somebody made a great comparison the other day. I think that when he is signing this deal right now is about the same time when he when the Nationals signed Scherzer. It's like the same point and look at everything that they got out of Scherzer at that point. So I think it's about this a good, pretty good comparison. So when Scherzer left the Tigers and went, and went to the, the Nationals, Nationals, what they have gotten out of him since then is kind of where so it's Cole Sabathia is right all now. Over again. Yeah, I think that there's a chance to get a decent amount out of him. Listen, you fans need to get on the phone and start talking to me but right Cashman now. ain't gonna get outbid. No way. They have to get him. It's gotta. He's happen. gonna take a lot of heat if he doesn't, even if it's not uh, his fault. It, listen, if he signs with the Yankees, I'm gonna love him. If he doesn't, I'm gonna hate him. Well, I'm going to call him scared if he doesn't sign with the Yankees because that's Wussy. what it comes down to. Put him in a body bag. Sweep the leg. Uh, great game at the world's most famous 54-51. Hoosiers up with a minute. 19 left in a timeout at the Garden. 855-212-4CBS to get on a bench. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.